With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Tennis.com podcast, and here's your host, Ed McGrogan. Hey everyone, thank you for coming back for uh, part two of the Indian Wells preview podcast. Ed McGrogan here with Steve Tigner. Today, the men's draw, um, which is made, which was made a day after the women's draw, also the event itself starts a day later than the women's event does. Um, Steve, just from a top level perspective, you and I were, you know, glancing at the straw, of course, and uh, you notice something that is perhaps obvious when you met, when you say it, but it, it um, you know, it actually hasn't happened in a little while. So I'll let you reveal that. Yeah, it feels like you know, it feels like a return, you know, a return to the past. I think this is the first time. I'm not sure, the, you know, the last time that the top four, the big four, were the were the top four seeds and you know it really gives the draw a sense of order that that they had that the men's draws at slams and masters haven't had for a little while as those guys have sort of gone up and down in the last couple of years you know Djokovic, Federer, Nadal, Murray those are the those are the top four seeds each has their section um, and somehow that just makes sense you know the the next four feel like you know that feels they're like they're in the right spot too so this almost feels like you know, Indian Wells always feels like a new, you know, like a new start, a new season. But this this time, you'd have to say it's a new season with that really feels like a return, you know, a return to the past for you know at least at the beginning. Yeah, I'll, you know, of those four guys, because you know you're going to be out there next week, and presumably all four of those gentlemen should still be hanging around and swinging rackets by the time you, you get there. You know, which of those four perhaps interests you the most of this tournament? Uh, not necessarily who needs to win it or who, you know, has the most at stake, but, you know, which of the big four at this, you know, at, at early March, you know, based on what's happened, seems to interest you the most? I guess I'd start by saying that it's, you know, besides all four of them being in the in the top four uh, positions, each seems to be in a pretty good place. You know, Djokovic is number one. Federer has just won in Dubai. Nadal just won in South America. Murray had a good weekend of Davis Cup. You know, none of them, none of them are injured. All of them seem sort of ready to, to progress. I would say the one of those four that's the most interesting going forward to me is Nadal. You know, two years ago, he came back here, made a comeback, won in Indian Wells, and then really almost ran the table the rest of the season, I don't know. I don't know if I expect that to happen again. But, but it, it, I feel like this tournament, which he likes a lot and is on a slow hard court, which he likes, has, you know, a lot of times been a you know kind of bellwether for him. It's kind of shown where he's gonna, you know, it's been a place where he's turned things around or shown that he's on the way to turning things around. Um, so we'll, you know, that 
just seeing where he is and where he ends up at the end of this tournament will be interesting. Yeah, and I think you can't think of Rafa in this without, you know, like you're saying, when he, I, I believe it was two years ago, was, um, you know, he came back and really, I, I didn't think the expectations were very high going in, in into Indian Wells. And, and he went on after an absence and won that. And that really pretty much started an almost invincible run through uh, the U.S. Open. Um, and, and so, you know, the point about Nadal and this tournament, I think, can't be understated. So, you know, maybe we should actually just start with his quarter of the draw. This is actually the second half of the draw, the third quarter. And, you know, see what Rafa really has in front of him. He's going to get, you know, among all the seeds get biased, he'll have some, you know, it seems like a, quite a bit of time to get accustomed to, you know, the hard courts. First of all, he will, he is coming off of clay, um, which you, you can't say that for a lot of the other top seeds. But, you know, Rafa picking up a title, um, reaching another final, and um, not a reaching another final, but he gets, you know, his draw on the whole does not look terribly imposing, at least his, you know, his little half of that quarter. You know, the rest of it is with some players who I think we have some question about, you know, along the lines of uh, of some of the other questions we have. Dimitrov, Kyrgios, Raonic, all very, you know, all very strong players and all who have shown something, you know, something pretty well in the past 12 months for sure. But a lot of them have questions. This whole quarter may be a quarter filled with questions, really, is how I look at it. Yeah, I think the, I think Nadal has a good draw. You know, it is the second seed here is Raonic. It's a tough opponent, but he wouldn't face him until the quarters if he has to. The first two, you know, the first the three seeds in his half of this quarter are Chardy, Gasquet, and Simon. You know, he rarely lost of any of those guys. Um, Simone, that, Simone, I think, is the only one, you know, just, just purely because of the style of play that that would seem to perhaps, in, you know, infuriate Roth enough to, if he if yeah. Simone was on his best day, but, you know, yeah, po- points well he, taken. He can give him some trouble, but I think that's a, I think this is a good, you know, I don't, I, I don't think you can ask for much of a, a better section for him. Yeah, and, um, you know, like I said, with the, with the other three guys, um, I think I'm curious to see how all of them perform. Um, you know, certainly I think the most, I think the most interesting is perhaps Dimitrov. I, I don't say that whatsoever because of his win over Federer last night at Madison Square Garden. I just, it, it does seem like the guy was so good last year, seemed to make such a noticeable upward turn to kind of realize that talk about him that it seems it seems like it's just gone on too long for him not to make an impression and i do wonder if maybe this is finally that event where you know like like we said the draw i think overall the draw might be great for a lot of the top seeds here and i think that potentially includes dimitrov you know depending on how he plays yeah dimitrov's an interesting case he you could you know after his He's had some bad, a couple bad results after losing to Ryan Harrison in Acapulco. He sort of felt like, is he going backwards? That's where he had kind of broken out last year, and and this year he was really disappointing there. Um, and now he could face in the first round, in the second round, Nick Kyrgios. 
that would be an interesting um, match, an interesting sort of test for him as to as for both of those guys as to where they stand and whether Dimitrov is you know is he still the young guy to bet on? Not that he's not that he's that young anymore, but um, but yeah, he's he's going through an interesting time right now. It's, it sort of feels like he could he could go either way um, trajectory wise. Yeah, I mean that's a fantastic match if that one comes to pass, of course. So. Um... You know, the the quarter opposing that, the fourth quarter, um, this is where the Swiss Davis Cup team decided to hang out instead of playing their first-round tie. Uh, the, the quick defense of the Davis Cup for Switzerland over. Um, that is because, of course, Roger Federer, Stan Wawrinka passing on the competition this year. So they're both put into this fourth quarter here as the two and the seven seeds. Um, you know, for each of them... Um, it's, I, I almost wonder if, if, if Stan is potentially the more interesting case to follow from, um, I, you know, I thought overall, you know, Stan has had, both these guys really have had nice starts to the year, you know, Stan coming into Australia this year, I think, you know, a lot more eyes have been put on him because of his defense at the time. I didn't think he. I didn't think he handled it poorly by any means, and I, and he's since went on to win, um, you know, a, a good tournament in Rotterdam, and, and we know what Federer's done. He just beat Djokovic here, so this is, you know, there's some landmines along the way. You know, Karlovic is certainly one. Um, Thomas Burdich, another one, but, um, you know, the, the two Swiss players that we didn't get to see last week, we could see a lot of them this week. Yeah, Federer and Vavrinka, they both had good years, but it, it kind of shows you how how much the Grand Slams overshadow everything else in that it doesn't, you wouldn't necessarily think they've had a, a great start overall. Federer lost early in Australia and Vavrinka, even though he's had a good start to the season and he made the semis in Australia, ha- having won the tournament the year before, that meant his ranking fell all the way to set number seven. So, but I, I think they've been steady. They've played in the, they played in the later rounds here at this tournament in the past. I think, Federer is interest, Federer's draw is interesting that he could play Janowitz in the in his first match and possibly Seppi again in his second match. Um, also in this quarter is Tomas Berdik, who's had a also had a good year. So, so to, you know, there's no guarantee those two guys are going to each both of the Swiss are going to make the quarters at this point. Yep, the Fe- Federer Seppi match is uh, you know certainly a rematch to consider. Um, you know, otherwise. Like I said, Burdich, Karlovich, the millionaire matchmaker, Sam Querrey, potentially in the way for those two. Um, to the top half we go. We'll, we'll turn things around to the top of the draw. Mr. Djokovic, of course, in his perch at number one atop there, um, could certainly get the, the classic Indian Wells night match with Baghdadis uh, to to kick things off there, um, looking a little bit, you know, further down, you know, guys he's handled, of course, many times, Victor Troitsky, a guy he knows very well, but I'm sure he would actually love to, to play. He's, he's been such a vocal defender of him throughout what he's gone through. Um, another Serb, actually, Lajovic in his quarter. John Isner, Kevin Anderson there as well um, in that Djokovic um section of his quarter so big players you know no one he hasn't you know for the most part handled well you could say that for almost anybody but you know 
down the line, though, we uh, we see as well the, and we'll get to this after, is really the return of Marin Cilic, who gets a number 10 seed. Um, of course, the U.S. Open champion, who, it's, who we seem like we haven't seen in a year. But uh, he'll be back at this as well. And also David Frere, who's actually probably the hottest player on tour. So um, maybe your thoughts on, on this section. It's kind of a standard draw for Djokovic. First seed he might face is Benito. Isner is an interesting case. Isner beat him here a few years ago, and they went three sets last year. Right now, I don't know if I see Isner, after his loss in the Davis Cup, getting past Kevin Anderson in the third round. Um, Chilich will just be making a comeback. I think uh, Bernard Tomic could do some damage. He had a good weekend of Davis Cup, and he could play Ferrer in the second round. And, of course, Ferrer himself... Um, he's had one of the best years of anyone. We'll see, you know, he hasn't traditionally done that well at this tournament, and he'd be stepping up, you know, into a Masters level. He's done well at the smaller tournaments so so far. So that's that's an interesting third round Tomic, possible third round Tomic Ferrer. Yeah, we've talked about Ferrer and and perhaps really wanting to see what uh, March brings for him here. Um, He's been close to events like this before. He you know, had championship point in Miami a couple of years back against Murray. Um, didn't do it. That would have obviously been the biggest title of his career. Um, I think Ferrer, for Ferrer, there's, there's quite a bit at, at stake at this event to you know, really kind of sustain that going into you know the clay where you know, he'll obviously be likely to pile up some more wins there too. So, And I can't agree with you more about Isner. That's just you know another... Um, it's another head scratcher of a of a loss, but it, it's almost you almost can't be surprised really um, with it much longer. But uh, it's a three set format here, and that's one thing that I do. You know, guy like Isner, guys like Anderson are you know good examples. Really, almost all the big power hitters. You know, this is you know in the best of three set format. Though I think that gives those guys such a um, such a, a notable you know, uh, it, not advantage, but another chance really against, you know, players like Djokovic, possibly even Ferrer, that over best of five sets, you, you almost guarantee a defeat. But, you know, that's the one thing I think to watch out for in an event like this and, um, you know, on hard courts as well. And, yeah. uh, and so, you know, with, with that said, the, you know, the last quarter of the draw that we haven't got to yet, this is, you know, where number four Murray is. And we're number five, Nishikori. As I think we'll get to the rest of the draw in a bit, but you know Murray and Nishikori, Nishikori knocking up on the top four as well. I think he actually was there, you know, pretty recently too. So, you know, Murray Nishikori. This, you know, pound for pound, this could actually be uh, one of the stronger quarters of them all here. Yeah, Murray Nishikori. You know, they've had they've had good matches. Murray, you know, he's he's won most of those. And but but Nishikori, I feel like he's had. He's had the stronger overall season, whereas Murray was big, you know, is better at the Australian Open, and has been a little more up and down. Um, Murray's had taken some early losses here in the past, so I don't know if I'd be, I wouldn't necessarily be surprised to see that happen again. He could play Vasek Pospisil in his first match. Yeah, that jumps out at me as a potential danger one. Yep. Um, Ernest Golbus is in this. He hasn't had a good year so far, but he's he's done well at this tournament in the past. Um, likes these courts, likes the place. And one other match to look for in the opening round, Marty Fish, who's 
making a comeback after a couple years away will play Ryan Harrison, a U.S. wild card in the first round, and the winner of that would play Nishikori. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good one to note there. And like you said, um, the winner gets a, a pretty tough one going on right there. You know, like I said, you know, about this event, uh, it, it's surprising to see, you know, players like Cuevas for Dasco at this point in his career, Cole Schreiber getting, you know, getting buys and in, into that, you know, the second round, really. It's, uh, it, it's a pretty, you know, for this turn overall, maybe I'll, We'll kind of close on this, but you know, this in Miami, they are, as you said in our last podcast, they're really two week events in name only. Uh, it's a very, very sleepy first couple days. I feel like even the weekend potentially that's going to be a little different this year at Indian Wells, of course, on the women's side with Serena, as, as we talked about. But, but what this does is, uh, you know, unlike the slams, you're going to get in the week two, um, you know, it's pretty much day after day, you know, the rounds, you know, they, they go a little quicker and uh, it's kind of a relentless one after another. There'll be, there'll be some really good matches week two, but I think, uh, you know, you get through a couple of uh, you know, lighter early round days potentially. Yeah, there's a lot of buys in, in here in Miami. I feel like too many, 32 buys here. Um, it really, it kind of protects those middle level players in the 16 to to 32 range, they automatically get into the second round. They win a couple of matches, and they've got a you know they've got a, a lot of ranking points on people. I feel like I feel like it's harder for you know it makes it a little easier to to keep your ranking where it is when these kind of tournaments have this kind have this kind of draw. They you know they want to they want to extend the event as long as possible, but but it does get off to a to a very slow start um, with not a lot of interesting you know with 32 players taken out of the first round there's not there's not a lot of marquee value still left still left there in this in this first week yep yeah so we will um catch up on that as uh i think we'll catch up on monday on both of these draws um in advance of your heading out there and uh We'll see how things have transpired. If, in fact, you know, an early, you know, early ups. There's always one or two, so we'll see who, um, you know, who that happens to this weekend. We'll catch up next time, Monday, on the Tennis.com podcast for Steve Tigner. This is Evan. You've been enjoying the Tennis.com podcast. For all the latest news and events, head over to Tennis.com. 